ask you this. Let, let, let me ask you this. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Sports Central. Chicago Sports Conversation with Adam Hogue. Go, go, go. This is Sports Central. On demand and streaming live on WGNRadio.com. Welcome in. This is Sports Central. It is New Year's Day in the NFL. That's what we can call it. My name is Adam Hogue. It is Wednesday, March 14th. And if you've had that on your calendar, which I know some of the crazy football fans do actually have that on their calendar, then you know that it means at 3 o'clock today, free agency officially begins. Now, this year has been weird in the sense... This has actually been a trending thing over the last couple of years, but a lot of these moves, it used to be, first of all, you didn't used to have a 48-hour window where you could talk to teams, but then this this new thing started where, okay, on Monday at 11 o'clock, agents can start talking to teams, and then you can start to work out some deals, but you're not technically supposed to agree to terms. Well, now everybody just does that. Everybody, I mean, we knew Allen Robinson was signed 24 hours ago, not literally signed, because you can't sign that contract till 3 o'clock today. But the Bears have made a lot of moves. They've been very, very busy, despite the fact that I still don't think they've given out the huge, huge, monstrous, ridiculous contract, which I think we've learned Ryan Pace is going to avoid. They still have spent a lot of money, though, in the last 24 hours, and we're going to break down all of these moves um, as we get going here. If you don't listen live, we hope you are, especially today, given that these it's a very fluid news day. But you can always find Sports Central on iTunes and Google Play uh, and listen to it whenever you want, maybe on your way home later, later in the day. But today is a good day to be listening live. And if you have questions, if you want to chime in on Ryan Pace's moves, 312-235-2525 is the phone number. Happy to take your calls today. 312-235-2525. No, we have a lot of Bears fans listening. And the great thing about Sports Central being live is you can chime in and call that number if you would like. Let's jump in with today's lead. Off the plate, fake Bortles rolls the pocket, throws on the run. Complete Allen Robinson touchdown Jacksonville. Portals quick drop. He loves this play. Robinson leaping grab. Fake to Irie on the slant wide open touchdown to Allen Robinson. Works his way to the outside like he's going to run a fade. Just crosses Cromartie's face. Nobody to the inside for help. Third touchdown catch of the season for Robinson. A flurry of highlights from Allen Robinson, the Bears' new wide receiver, new number one wide receiver. And you hope you hear a lot of those highlights here with the Chicago Bears now that he has signed on. And they they also add Trey Burton. And they also add Taylor Gabriel. So three weapons, two wide receivers and a tight end. And I don't think that they've given up on Adam Shaheen. I think that they think Adam Shaheen can be pretty good. He just needs to get a little bit in a little bit better shape and for the rigors of the NFL. So I don't know about you guys, but Allen Robinson, Trey Burton, Taylor Gabriel would probably be the three best weapons that Mitch Trubisky would have had last year. So I think it's safe to say the Bears have gotten better. Now, you always have to be careful with this stuff because there's always a reason 
why a player is available in free agency. Now, some of them add up just perfectly. Sometimes you get a break uh, with a certain guy that maybe had an injury that's easy to get over. Maybe, like, I think in Trey Burton's case, he was just behind some really good players. Zach Ertz isn't going anywhere. So the Eagles weren't going to pay him as much. And ultimately, this does come down to money. So he finds a situation he likes here in Chicago. We're going to talk to Ryan O'Halloran, who covers the Jaguars for the Florida Times Union, to get the scoop on Allen Robinson. And we're going to talk to Ruben Frank, who covers the Eagles for NBC Sports Philly. He wrote a really good story that I mentioned on yesterday's show about Trey Burton, the situation he was in, and why uh, he believes on a different team with more opportunity can be a really, really high-productive player. I want to talk a little bit about Ryan Pace here. Oh, and by the way, I should mention Chase Daniels, the backup quarterback, which they gave a decent amount of money. Not Mike Glennon backup money, but uh, looks like he'll earn $7 million guaranteed next season. And then, uh, according to Ian Rappaport, has he an out in his contract to uh, if you know if the Nick Foles thing ha- happens again, he can be a free agent. You know, Mitch Trubisky goes down and and uh, Chase Daniel leads the Bears to the Super Bowl, which sounds very likely, right, guys? Um, probably not, but smart out to have in your contract, I guess. And Chase Daniel, let's face it, he's here to help Mitch Trubisky more than anything. He's hardly played. I think he has two career starts. So I don't know that he necessarily makes you feel great if Mitch Trubisky goes down. I mean, he's not Nick Foles. I've been a little hard on Nick Foles and sort of the ceiling he has. Certainly wouldn't give up a first-round pick for him. But Chase Daniel, I don't think is going to give you that kind of ability to come in right away uh, and take over. Although we don't really know because he's never really played a whole lot. Um. All right, Ryan Pace, though. I think I have been probably labeled as a Ryan Pace defender. That's probably accurate. I mean, I did write a really long piece in December on WGNRadio.com about why I still believed he was the right guy for the job. And even though a lot of these free agents haven't worked out, he's hitting the draft, and he has hit a couple free agent moves, and I think over the course of three years has made the roster better. And I think his head coach that he hired didn't work out, which is partly on him, but he was partly forced on him. We can get into all those things. What I do believe is that we have seen a gradual improvement in the roster. But more than anything, I think we have to just divide everyone up into two camps. Because you either believe in Mitch Trubisky or you don't. Let's face it, it comes down to the quarterback in this league. And if you can get over the idea that Ryan Pace gave up a couple mid-round draft picks to make sure he got his guy. Because I still hear from fans that, I love Mitch, but I can't believe we gave up those picks. Just put that away for a second. If you like Mitch... Then the Bears are going to be, and and 
Mitch lives up to those expectations that you have for him, this organization is going to be just fine. That's how this works in the NFL. So, if you believe in Mitch Trubisky and you believe in what Ryan Pace is trying to do with bringing in an offensive head coach in Matt Nagy and now bringing in these players, then I think you're also a Ryan Pace defender. And I and and if you're asking me those questions, do you like Mitch Trubisky? Yes. Do you like the Matt Nagy hire? I do. Do I like these pieces that he's gradually putting around the quarterback? I do. Then you like what Ryan Pace is doing. I still hear from people though that want him fired. And I think some of that is just this general um, and and understandable negativity around the Chicago Bears. They've been bad for seven years. Let's face it. They've not been a good franchise. Not won enough games. But you can't turn that around overnight. And every, you know, I always hear, it's it's somewhat true that bad teams get good, can flip it fast and, and become a good, and become a contender. But when you just throw that out there as a general idea, you usually miss the fact that it takes a lot of work to even get to that point where they can make that leap. And my objective take and watching the last three years of Ryan Pace rip down this roster and slowly build it up, probably not as fast as everyone wants him to, But I think this roster and this team is at the point where maybe they can become that bad team that gets good quickly. But that takes a few years to rip it all down and build it back up. There are rebuilds in the NFL. Just sometimes it takes a while to understand what's happening. And I don't necessarily know that Ryan Pace knew that it was going to take this long. I don't think you hire John Fox... For a rebuild, I think that they thought they had more than they did. And certainly if Ryan had hit on more of these free agents, they'd probably be better off now. But I think there's a good chance that a year from now, maybe maybe we should write this down. How about on free agency day, a year from now, we come back to this. I think the opinions about Ryan Pace are going to be much different. I think there's going to be a lot more confidence in what's happening after you see Mitch Trubisky in year two and you see what this offense specifically looks like after adding Matt Nagy, adding, and we don't even know what the draft picks look like, but adding Allen Robinson, who you guys know I've been pounding on the table for for weeks. I don't know as much about Taylor Gabriel as I did Allen Robinson. But he seems like a pretty good fit for this offense. And I do like Trey Burton. I think that he was in a position in Philadelphia where you correctly identified a guy who was under, underused, undervalued, and you put him in a new situation and he can take off. There are situations like that. And I don't think Ryan Pace gets enough credit for what he's done on defense. I honestly don't know how anyone can make the argument that the general manager should be fired right now 
when you look at, like, do you remember the Mel Tucker years? Does that still ring a bell to you? And how god-awful those defenses were. And how quickly they got to that level of being so poor. There was nothing on that side of the ball when Ryan Pace got here. And he's drafted well. I'm, I, And I've said over and over again, I'm still waiting to see more pro bowlers. I'd still like to see more top-end players, especially when you had three top-ten picks so far. And about to be a fourth. But I still have high hopes for Leonard Floyd. Akeem Hicks is there. You made a good signing with Danny Trevathan. Uh, I think they're handling the cornerback stop, spot right now well. Prince of Mukamara is going to be back. Kyle Fuller... You know, almost certainly will be back. And Eddie Jackson, they do this thing called uh, performance-based pay. You get like a bonus. It's all from this big pool the NFL has. And based on how much you play, you can earn extra money. And this came out this morning that Eddie Jackson's seventh highest performance-based pay in the league. And he looks like a guy you can build around. So I understand the offensive frustration. But defense is a big part of this sport. And he's done an incredible job on that side of the ball. Obviously Vic Fangio gets a ton of credit too. But this is going to be now, and this is the year of the offense, right? Because at a minimum... You're hoping that the defense stays the same. I think it can actually continue to get better. I think Vic Fangio thinks it can get better. Certainly it will if they can improve their health on that side of the football. Just from mere attrition alone and improving that, which they overhauled strength and conditioning and their training staff this year, there's hope for that area too. But offensively, already they're better. And they haven't really lost anybody. Now, I I am a big believer, and this is what we're going to get into with Ryan O'Halloran and Ruben Frank coming up here from Jacksonville and Philadelphia. What's wrong with these guys? Why are they available? That's the question you always have to ask. And certainly we've seen, like this day last year, We saw, who was that, oh man, who was at the press conference? It was Marcus Wheaton. See, I've already blanked this out of my head. What was the three guys at the press conference? Deion Sims. And, I mean, Quentin Timms. And Quentin Demps. So, Quentin Demps, Marcus Wheaton, and Deion Sims. All three guys might not be on the team next year. So you do have to be careful, but I do think at least Allen Robinson and and um, Trey Burton, especially Robinson, is a different tier free agent. And you're expecting better things out of these guys. But you still want to build through the draft, and, and there's still going to be seven, hopefully seven, assuming you know there's always a possibility of trades, but hopefully seven draft picks to add to this mix too. 
and if pace keeps hitting on those, this I don't I don't know how you can't see that this team is trending upward. It's taken a while, sure. But if you're a Bears fan right now, I, I you're you're probably excited, and you should be. And in general, I mean, this day every year is a day of uh, being irrationally excited. That's fine. Uh, We'll take a quick break here. Coming up, Ryan O'Halloran from the Florida Times Union will give us the scoop on Allen Robinson, your new Bears wide receiver. Be right back on Sports Central. All right, let's continue this love fest. There it is. It's Sports Central with Adam Hogue. No big deal. On demand and in real time on WGNRadio.com. All right, back on Sports Central as we uh, sort through the Bears' free agency class. They've certainly been very, very active over the last 48 hours, and the big splash was Allen Robinson, wide receiver from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Want to get the scoop on Robinson from a guy who has watched him very closely over the last few years, and that is Ryan O'Halloran from the Florida Times Union. Ryan, thanks for jumping on uh, with me today and giving us a little insight on the Allen Robinson situation. If you don't mind just giving us a little, little bit of background uh, on how Robinson got to this point, not being franchise tag, of course, coming off the ACL ACL injury, um, and then maybe it, it, did it did it seem like after all that that he would be leaving Jacksonville? Hi, Adam. Good to join you. Yeah, uh, the ACL is the key part of this storyline. It should uh, it should be the lead. Uh, had he not uh, been injured, three plays in the last year's opener at Houston. He was probably going to get an extension uh, at some point during the season by the Jaguars, if not uh, well ahead of uh, the start of free agency this offseason. So, you know, him going down, uh, ended the negotiations, which started in July, and um, I think there was trepidation, rightly so, um, about giving him a franchise tag, paying him $16 million guaranteed coming off that injury. But when that tag was not applied last week, uh, the leverage went into Robinson's camp, uh, as his his right, he wanted to see what was out there, and he found a deal that uh, the Jaguars uh, were not uh, probably not going to come close to matching. And it's a mystery why they would let a player like him walk out the door, but it's to the Bears' benefit. Yeah, I guess that's what I wanted to ask you next: was uh, how much does this hurt the Jaguars? How important was he to Jacksonville? Well, he's very important. Uh, you know, in camp last year, he was their best offensive player. And I think he was going to be gearing up for a big season. You know, the, he had the breakout year in 2015 with uh, 1,400 yards and, and 14 touchdowns and a frustrating 2016. So he, he really uh, buckled down during the offseason, came back, I think, a, a, com- a committed player, realizing that uh, this was a contract drive uh, that was taken away from him, you know, as I said, three plays into the season. So uh, I don't think the Jaguars are in a position to let good players walk. But they did, and they gave Marquise Lee a new contract. They signed Dante Moncrief. Uh, so you combine those two numbers, and, and that should have been enough to keep out Robinson. But uh, we'll, we'll try and dig into their reasons uh, as the months progress. So it seems like the the at least public perception in Jacksonville is that they uh, made a mistake here, which I, I guess is good news for the Bears. Um, it is, and it is. Um, you know, the uh, fan reaction was uh, disappointment because he is a playmaker. This team had trouble stretching the field. Um, it's great that you sign a guard to a $66 million contract and you want to be committed to your run game. But in this league on third down, in two minutes, 
in red zone, you still have to throw it to score. You still need a playmaker who can catch a 50-50 ball. You still need a receiver who can be effective in the red zone regardless who's covering up. That could have been Robinson. It was a couple years ago. So, um, there were, you know, to let him go and then to re-sign a guy who was playing maybe his second fiddle for a couple years of Marquise Lee, uh, a disappointment with the fan base down here. Ryan O'Halloran covers the Jacksonville Jaguars for the Florida Times Union. He has covered Allen Robinson for the last few years. How is Robinson in the locker room? How is he considered as a teammate? Uh, how is how was how important was he to the chemistry of the Jaguars? I think he was good. Um, you, you know, it was. I think he can be a leader for for that receiver group, uh, and because he knows what the expectations are going to be. He knows what the contract pressure is. Um, you know, he's played with that pressure in terms of, hey, he broke his foot in 2014, limited to 10 games. He went into 50 and said, okay, I haven't done a lot yet. i got to prove I was still worth the second-round pick. He had a breakout year. Uh, he went into 17, you know, with the pressure of, hey, i got to show up again this year and earn that next deal. Unfortunately for the Jaguars, that never happened. But uh, I think he'll be it, uh, a good influence. And it's but it's always it's always an adjustment for a guy going from a smaller market to a bigger market, and I, how he um, it'll be interesting to see how he uh, handles the uh, different uh, media crowd. One of the uh, most overlooked stories in all of the NFL, in my opinion, Ryan, is the 2014 draft class of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, it, I'm sure you know. Obviously, you know all about it, but. I, I believe the total on their second contracts of everyone that the Jacksonville Jaguars drafted that year, which includes Blake Bortles, Marquise Lee, Allen Robinson, Brandon Linder, Aaron Colvin, Telvin Smith, uh, Chris Chris Smith, and and then you have Allen Hearns, who was an undrafted free agent too, adds up to three hundred and twenty four million dollars. I mean, it is you do not see draft classes like this uh, in the NFL. So in a market like Jacksonville, how like did they draft? too well here it seems like they actually have a problem uh and, and they just can't possibly keep all these guys uh well uh, i mean the chris smith they traded him for a uh seventh round pick in this year's draft because he wasn't going to make the team last year there, he was like fourth on the depth chart at, at pass rushing end you know when you draft all those guys i mean they're coming off a four and twelve season and they were terrible on offense so they needed playmakers they needed guys who could play right away you know, Aaron Colvin ended up being a steal. He had a first or second round grade and tore his ACL in the Senior Bowl, so he was a steal. Alan Hearns is a steal. For some reason, he went undrafted. He couldn't stay healthy in college. And then you look at Robinson and Lee. Um, you know, Lee fell into the second round because there were some concerns about his knee. And then they traded up to get Brandon Linder to play guard and then center. So, you know, when you have when when, when you when you when you map out the cap two three years ahead of time, they sort of knew they weren't able going to be able to keep everybody. But they made uh, headway with Linder and Talvin Smith during the season. They made them uh, the first two contract extensions, and then they took care of the quarterback last month. Well, it's a it's it's an incredible draft class, and uh, uh, I guess uh, the Bears are getting a, a good player here in Allen Robinson based on what you've shared with us today. Thank you, Ryan, for joining us. Really appreciate it. Okay, take care. All right, Ryan O'Halloran from the Florida Times Union giving us the insight on uh, on Allen Robinson here. And clearly, uh, I mean, sounds like, in his opinion, the Jaguars made a mistake by letting him go. You know, we 
here in Chicago do not see too many free agents walk away from the Chicago Bears. It happened last year with Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, it happens here and there, but for for the most part, you know, I still think the Bears are a, a, a team that's. A, a destination. They also, uh, I, not going to lie, part of that the reason why they don't have too many free free agents like that walk away is because they haven't drafted that well in a really long time. So the, the few guys that they do have to lock up, they can usually get it done. Uh, but along with the Allen Robinson signing yesterday was the Trey Burton signing. Uh, to me, a very fascinating player in the NFL who was behind Zach Ertz in Philadelphia. And it seemed like when he got opportunities to make plays, he did. Uh, in doing some research yesterday on Burton, came across a story from Ruben Frank from NBC Sports Philly about Trey Burton. It was written back in December, um, and, and, and it was basically along those lines about how this guy has... Not had a ton of opportunities, but when he has, he has cashed in. Ruben Frank now joins us on Sports Central. Thanks for jumping on the show today. Yeah, you got. It. I don't even remember that story. It, it was so long ago, but uh, I'll take your word for it. Well, it was. Uh, I must have written. It. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure you did. Your name's at the top of it, but um, it, it, the headline <laughs> is: Can the Eagles afford to keep third string stud Trey Burton? And you're yeah. pretty complimentary about uh, the way he played last season. And the numbers aren't huge because he hasn't had a whole lot of targets. But look, m- more so than the numbers, you've watched him play. Tell me a little bit about the players player the Bears are getting. I always like Trey Burton, and and you think where he came from, he was an undrafted um, athlete out of Florida. Uh, They drafted him. Really, he was a guy that did a lot of different things at at Florida, and he was versatile, and uh, nobody really knew exactly where he would wind up in in the NFL. We knew he would be a really good special teamer, uh, but uh, those first two years, he only caught three passes, and uh, you know they were in garbage time. He really just never had a chance, but uh, we could see in training camp, he caught everything. Thing. He's just got he's got really soft hands. The ball just kind of floats into his hands, and uh, I remember one drop he had last year, and that's it. Uh, I, I, he did very very few, and that was on a ball that was probably a little too. Um, it wasn't a perfect ball, so. He's a guy that you always projected if he ever got a chance full-time to be uh, the guy. He was going to be a 70-catch guy. There's no doubt in my mind uh, he's a 70-75 to catch guy in in the right offense with the right quarterback. And he's he's that good. They just, you know, they they devoted a ton of money to Zach Ertz, and Zach Ertz is a Pro Bowl tight end and a, you know, a a tremendous player. So they they couldn't keep both, and it was just a matter of where. Now, the money was a little surprising. I kind of figured he'd get about six or six and a half million a year, so eight million a year it was I mean I think it makes him the fifth highest paid tight end in the league behind guys like Gronk and, and Ertz but uh, he, he's really good you know he's not gonna uh, he's not gonna be a thunderous blocker on the line of scrimmage but uh, he's he's very smart and you know I, I think the the Philly special the play before halftime in the Super Bowl the the, the touchdown pass he threw it kind of tells you a lot about him and, and what kind of athlete he is that's not it's an easy throw if you're in the schoolyard. You throw it, you know, ten yards to a wide open guy. But in that in that situation, in, on fourth down in a Super Bowl, with 100 million people watching, to be so cool and relaxed and kind of 
you know, just to, to be able to make that play in that situation under that tremendous pressure, I think says a lot about his ability to function in any situation. And I know the Bears didn't sign him to throw touchdown passes, but it, I, I think it speaks volumes about the kind of guy he is, the kind of player he is, just to be able to make that throw. You know, you see that throw work in practice a hundred times, and you get into a game, and the guy throws in the dirt or throws a you know five yards over the guy's head. So I think to be able to make that throw in that situation on fourth down in a Super Bowl uh, really tells you a lot about Trey Burton. No question. I think it says a lot about how much the Eagles trusted him in, in, in such a big moment like that to get that done. You mentioned in your story he didn't catch a pass until his 26th NFL game. But in 20 games since week eight of last year, and this is from the point you wrote this story in December, but uh, Burton had... 42 catches for 426 yards and four touchdowns. I'm sure he has more since then, but because this was still while the season was going on. But that just yeah. speaks to kind of the, uh, I don't know, late bloomer, more opportunity, whatever it is. This guy uh, appears to have some upside. He's still young, and I'm guessing that's what Bears general manager Ryan Pace sees in him too, which is why, hey, look, we all know we cover the sport. You overpay on the first day of free agency. That's just how it works. So they're probably overpaying a yeah. little bit, but in their minds, they're, they're hoping they're paying for future projection and not past success. Yeah, no doubt about it. And uh, yeah, he's 26. So you're, you're getting a guy who's just entering the prime of his career. And, um, you know, he's he's a guy that is, uh, um, I mean, he's got the whole world in front of him. And the thing is, he, I mean, he's a great guy. He's a hard worker. Uh, you know, he's unselfish to a fault. He, he fit into this. And that's the whole thing about the Eagles this year was nobody cared about their stats. Nobody cared. You know, even Alshon came in and was an incredible team guy and, and you know, didn't care they didn't have a thousand yards or any of that stuff. He just wanted to, just wanted to win. And I think Trey Trey brings that mentality. He's, he's always been a hard worker, and uh, I would uh, he, hopefully he'll still play a little special teams because he's a great special teamer. Now I don't know. Every coach has a different philosophy about you know running running starters out on special teams, but uh, he's fun to watch. He's one of those guys that you just you could tell watching him on special teams his first couple years just how fast and athletic he was and instinctive. And you knew it was just a matter of catching the ball before he'd be a good tight end. So he was really number three behind Selleck and Ertz until you know, until the second half of, of 16. And, and since then, he's been uh, everything they've asked for. Can he be trusted as a blocker? Not really. <laughs> uh, I mean, the effort will be there. He'll get in front of a guy, and he's gotten better at it. You know, he's not going to be, um, you know, he's not going to be this thunderous guy on the line of scrimmage. That's just not who he is. I mean, he's, you know, he's a he, he's an athlete. He's a finesse player. Um, I think the, you know, if he's asked to do it, he'll put a hundred percent into it. Um, but you're, you know, you're not going to, you know, if you're running out the clock in the fourth quarter, you're not going to have Trey Burton out there. All right, fair enough. Since I have you here, uh, how much did did Alshon Jeffrey, uh, how big of a piece was he to the Super Bowl, and um, how much do you think the the change of scenery really helped him? Yeah, he was he was incredible, and he's one of those guys that I think played so much better than the stats. You know, you look at his numbers, and I, I don't know what do you have like seven hundred seventy yards, and yeah, his numbers were even his numbers were actually down from his last year with the Bears. But I think anybody who watched him clearly saw a better player. 
Yeah, and you know he was great in the red zone. That's another thing about Trey Burton, by the way. Getting back to him, he'll, I mean, he will catch touchdowns. I think what he had five touchdowns this year in very, very limited play. He's a real weapon in the red zone. I think that's one of the things the Bears liked about him. But as far as Alshon, yeah, you know he 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 played the whole year with a torn rotator cuff. Uh, I think Alshon and Legarrette Blunt both came in. And I think everybody wanted to see how they were. This is an offense where nobody's going to have a thousand rushing yards or a thousand receiving yards. They're just—they're always going to be balanced. And everybody wanted to see how are these two guys going to react. They're—you know—they're the kind of superstar guys that you're bringing in who are going to set the tone. And Legarrette and Alshon were both just unselfish, team-first guys. And you know they, their lockers were near each other. I think they 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 got along great, and they really set the tone for that locker room. When when your older guys, your veterans, your Pro Bowl guys, you know your superstar type guys are are setting that unselfish team first. I don't care about my stats um, mentality. The young guys just fall in line. I mean they because they're watching those older guys and they're watching those veterans to see how they respond to you know a week without a catch or a week with you know low numbers and. Um, you, you, could, you couldn't ask for more from Alshon Jeffrey this year. I mean, he was, uh, I was just so impressed with him. And his, his ability to make tough plays in the end zone, I think that's kind of where the numbers don't really tell you what he did because when they targeted him in the red zone, he caught it. And he made, he made great catches week after week in the red zone, and, and he became such a weapon and, and you know, for both Carson and Nick Foles. And uh, I, don't, I, don't know if they win, I don't know if they win the Super Bowl without Alshon Jeffrey. He was that good. Wow, that's uh. It, it, well, he certainly was huge in that game too. I was there. It was a, a great performance by him, especially in the first half. Ruben Frank, NBC Sports Philly. We appreciate you jumping on. Uh, great insight. Thanks, man. Anytime. See. See you uh, soon. Uh, Ruben Frank. Uh, he, he was great and had some good things to say there. And I like the honesty too about the blocking because I always wonder about that with guys, tight ends. Can they block? So that creates a very interesting situation with Adam Shaheen. I, I do think that's a, a dynamic of this to watch going forward. Uh, is this because they kind of seem like they're in similar spots? I mean, Shaheen's not a great blocker, so second round pick last year. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe we we'll ask Adam Johns about that next. Johnsy joins me next here on Sports Central. All right, back here on Sports Central. Adam Johns joins the program now as we keep the Bears conversation going uh, on on a busy free agency day. Although, Johnsy, it really hasn't been as busy as the last couple years, I feel like, because the Bears did so much work yesterday. (laughs) How about that? So much for that 3 p.m. buildup. I don't even know what's left to to, to announce. I actually feel bad for the organization, Larry Mayers of the world. You know, what have they been been able to do. It's got to be frustrating. I'm sure this yeah. is a point of contention for a lot of teams in, in the NFL with their own networks, you know, breaking those. Yeah, I uh, I noticed that they tweeted out last night, the Chicago Bears did, here's everything you need to know going into tomorrow. And it was everything you need to know except everything that's already happened. Yeah, so everything you don't need to know. In <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. So uh, you, you and I spent a lot of time yesterday talking about Allen Robinson and Trey Burton. Um, the as we recorded Hogan Johns and, pl- and played it here on Sports Central. If you guys missed that conversation, you can still find it. It's available both on the Sports Central podcast feed and the Hogan Johns feed. But uh, Johnsy, after we got done, the Bears also signed Taylor Gabriel. Uh, Chase Daniel was part of the news today. Uh, what are your thoughts on those two moves? 
Chase Daniel should be like the, one of the least surprising moves. It's right there up with like the, the Bears of Allen Robinson. He, he played for Ryan Pace in the Saints. Chase Daniel played for Matt Nagy in the Chiefs. The connections were, were, were too obvious to ignore. Makes complete sense. You're bringing in a veteran who, who has been a backup his entire career. He only has two starts, but he's here to help out Mitch Trubisky. I get why maybe it's an interest in Mark Sanchez, but in many ways, Sanchez already served his purpose. He was the mentor Mitch Trubisky needed as a rookie. Now you have Chase Daniel, who's familiar with Matt Nagy's offense, familiar with the, the language of that offense. Clearly, it's going to be beneficial for Mitch Trubisky. And Taylor Gabriel comes in. He's, um, I mean, there was so much talk about Albert Wilson. To me, very similar type player, not quite the same production. 33 catches last year was. I don't have the numbers right in front of me right now. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what they hope to get out of him. Yeah, he was better in, in 2016 when Matt Ryan was the well, he was the MVP of that year, kind of lighting the world on fire. Obviously, the Falcons made their Super Bowl run that season. Very explosive player. And, hey, Adam, we're bigger than him. He's 5'8", 165 pounds. So it feels good to walk into the locker room. I always yeah. have to be looking up at these 300-pound behemoths, you know. Yeah. Jokes aside. Well, speak for, your, speak for yourself, man. I'm like four inches taller than you. <laughs> That's also true. I'm, <laughs> I'm barely 5'9". You know, it's okay. It's okay. Um they needed speed. The Bears needed speed. That's why they went after Albert Wilson. You know, I know Allen Robinson's got speed. Cam Meredith, when he had his local pro day, you know, he timed very well, too. But Gabriel, he, he's your speedster. He's your burner. He stretches the field, and he's more than a slack guy. He could bring you a lot more. I like the move because the Bears needed to speed things up. And I'm interested to see what, he, what Matt Nagy can do with him and Tariq Cohen on the field. I think that should be very exciting for Bears fans. How about just the money that they've spent? Um, uh, obviously, Allen Robinson pulls in a big contract. You know that. Just he was one of the top tier guys. Uh, but we, you know, we just had someone on from Philadelphia who said that Trey Burton got a little bit more uh, than he thought. Thought it'd be more like six or seven million dollars per year. It ends up being eight. I mean, that's not a huge difference. But um, it, Chase Daniel, two years, ten million dollars. Sounds like seven of that's going to be guaranteed in the first year of the deal. I, I, like we were talking about yesterday. Let's wait till the actual numbers comes out and the specifics and all the different clauses and things like that. But it certainly does seem like the Bears are spending a lot of money here. Yeah, the, the beauty, the, the, the real, the construction of these deals is what matters the most. Bears have a history of giving themselves outs after one or two years, affordable outs after one or two years, and they usually fill these things up with incentives. We don't know the, the finer details of all these deals. But but yes, Trey Burton, we talked about this yesterday on the show, Adam. He set out to me as, as a, a total prime example of a guy who's going to be overpaid for what his production is the best. And I get what you were saying. You're paying for what he projects to do. He's going to have more opportunities here. He's not going to be in Zach Ertz's shadow as he was in Philadelphia. But $8 million. You know, I looked at the numbers. He's only behind Robert Gronkowski, Travis Kelsey, who else is there? Jordan Reed. Zach Ertz is one of them. He's up there. He's a top five tight end yeah. in terms of annual salary now. So he's got to perform up to that standard. And this is a guy... Again, nice, nice that he had five touchdowns last year for for the Eagles. Nice that he had a big play in the Super Bowl that everyone remembers. But only had 23 catches in the regular season. So we're expecting a, out of, a lot of a guy who was a kind of a part-time guy for the Eagles last year, or, for, for who, or who has been for the past couple of years. As we get closer to three o'clock here, Adam Johns, what are you? I mean, what are you looking for here? Could there? 
Could there be an unexpected trade we're not thinking about? Are, are, are there still guys you think the Bears are are interested in? Um, you know, an interesting name. I don't necessarily know how much how uh, he would fit with what the Bears have right now, but he's a huge name. He's probably going to command too much money, to be honest. But Tyron Matthew got released today. Any. It, we, we were kind of we started this by talking about how the Bears have done so much work already, but can you imagine them making some kind of unexpected big splash move here at three o'clock? Well, I guess Matthew's the only big splash name available. I haven't gone through uh, you know through my checkoff list, but after Nate Solder was signed by what the Giants, right? He left Patriots yep. for the Giants. Yep. I mean, what are the other big names available? There weren't any big names. And outside linebacker, and we know that's a pressing need for the Bears. I mean, who are you going to resign? Lamar Houston, Bernard McSee, Willie Young. I mean, those are guys that were just on the Bears. So I don't know where the splash is. The splashes, I think, have been made. The splash was going to be the big wide receiver. You got it now, Robinson. Yes, Matthew would be a splash, but I think he's got an injury history to be mindful of. Yes, he's a phenomenal player, great awareness, just a tremendous use all the scout words, ball skills. He's got all that. You know, he, he seems to have a real knack for finding the ball and all those things. Um, obviously, Vic Fangio can find a fit for him on this defense. You can never have enough playmakers in your secondary. But I, I think the Bears already spent their money. You know, I think it's kind of maybe they add a couple outside linebackers to, to, to compete because they need it. You need some depth of offensive linemen. But I don't see where else they, they could spend right now where it would be considered a splash. You don't want John Bostic? He's a free agent. <laughs> Been there, done that, Adam. It's time to move on. Who are we, the Blackhawks? You don't bring back your Patrick Sharps and your Chris Prestige of the world. NFL does not work that way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, I, I, I was interested to see what Tremaine Johnson and Malcolm Butler got because they are your true free agent corners, but... I mean, Kyle Fuller could get an offer here from a team that the Bears are going to have to match. So Tremaine Johnson gets five years, $72.5 million with the Jets. Malcolm Butler, five years, $61 million, which is probably uh, more like where I would have uh, a Kyle Fuller pegged closer to that. Uh, but just your reaction to the cornerback market so far, and I guess I should mention too that Aaron Colvin got four years, thirty-four million, a lot less um, from the Houston Texans. So it'll be—I I don't really know where the league values Fuller right now. Yeah, that Colvin thing. How about that? He was their number three defensive back for the Jaguars last year. Great secondary, a lot of talent there, but he's their slot cat. He'll be yeah. an interception last year, and he got paid. Is it just another prime example of? You know, players getting paid, especially cornerbacks. So, what, what, what's the yearly averages for Johnson and, and, and Butler? What, what are those? There, I don't have the calculator. In front yeah. Of okay. Um, well, four, uh, five years, sixty-one million. Let, let's do. We could do this real quick. Sixty-one million divided by five, so it's a little over twelve. And I've been kind of pegging Fuller between ten and twelve per year. So, uh, Malcolm Butler gets twelve point two per year if you average it out, and then it's Tremaine Johnson getting the huge contract, which I think is definitely out of the Bears' range. That would be $14.5 million per year, which is more than he's getting uh, with the transition tag of 12.9. That's the big thing here. Like I I, I don't imagine Kyle Fuller is going to get Tremaine Johnson money, but if some team did for some reason value him at a, at a number that comes out higher than this transition tag, that's that's an interesting position for the Bears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it almost 
you must get priced out because right. you didn't want to give him the franchise tag, which is more than the transition tag. Look, I, I still think Cal Fuller is going to be the bear. I, I know what you're saying in terms of a team swooping in and letting the cornerback market settle, but uh, I think they make it work. I think he wants to be here. I think they want him to be here. I think the transition tags helps set his market in a sense. Now he sees what Malcolm Butler has. Now he sees what Jermaine Johnson has. Yes, every cornerback would love that type of deal, but I don't think that's going to be there for for a Kyle Fuller, especially with him missing an entire season uh, just a year ago. And him, you know, he had a good season last year, but it wasn't. It was very good, special. Pro- probably not. Probably not. But but he's a very good player. Again, just just to conclude that, I, I really think. He's going to end up with the Bears. I don't think anybody's going to really swoop in and steal him. All right. Well, the other corner that the Bears signed, uh, are re-signing, is Prince of Mukamara, which this was one I was glad to see. Um, and here's why. I had been saying all last year that I thought Kyle was still the second best corner on the team. I thought Prince was playing overall better. I thought they were both playing great. I thought, you know, give Ryan Pace credit um, for the way he handled the cornerback spot last year, but they got much better play on the outside defensively last season, uh, and, and it helped. But Prince ends up getting three years, $27 million. Now, of course, let's see how it breaks down and what's actually guaranteed in that. Um, but that's a pretty high number uh, over, over three years, and, uh, I mean, that shows you that they value him. And that uh, most of the league thought that Prince played well last year too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, look, he didn't have an interception. It's two years in a row now. He didn't have an interception. Does that look good? Absolutely not. Prince Mukamara knows that, but he he's a quality cornerback. And again, these guys get paid one year, seven million dollar year last year, so he gets a what a two million dollar raise. On average, I'm sure there's an out after two years. There, I'm almost positive the way the construction of that deal is going to be made. You know, I know you got a three-year deal. The CBA is up after that, but I'm almost positive there's going to be an out in this contract at some point. It's just how the Bears do business uh, with veterans. What is Prince? 29 years old. Yeah, I I like the move overall because I like the stability in the secondary. There's going to be a lot of changes in the defensive front seven for the Bears uh, between now. In week one, you know, you still have the draft coming up. You don't draft the free agency coming up. You have trades that could possibly be made. You know, outside linebacker is a weakness. I think the Bears are going to be targeting inside linebackers as well, especially early on in the draft. So you need some sense of stability somewhere. Might as well bring all four starters back in the secondary. So you have Adrian Amos, Eddie Jackson, you got Fuller, and Mukamara. They were the number seven ranked ranked past defense last year. Bring them all back. I think it's a great place to start, knowing that there's going to be changes in front of them. Yeah, and I, look, Tracy Porter a couple of years ago played on a one-year deal, got rewarded with a three-year deal. Now, the money was a lot less, but he only lasted one more season. Um, so that three-year deal was really just a one-year extension, right? Uh, I'm not... I, Prince is a much better player, and I think he played better last year than Tracy Porter did. But that just goes to show you that the way these things get structured, it doesn't mean it's any guarantee that Prince and Mukamara is really here for three more years. Now, another guy that's been kind of going from, um, you know, one 
one year to the next year to the next year and is now stuck around here for a little bit is Sam Acho. Uh, and according to his brother, he's getting. <laughs> I love this. I love it. I love it. A two-year contract up to seven and a half million dollars with three million dollars guaranteed. The asterisk is that one hundred and fifty is due to little brother upon signing. So a good. Uh, <laughs> and, and he threw in their checkmate at Adam Schefter. So a funny tweet from Emmanuel Acho. But here's the thing. Sam's been making like less than a million, right, per year. Uh, maybe he was right around a million last year because you got to at least pay the veteran minimum. But we're talking uh, three million guaranteed over two years, so that's one and a half. Yeah, I guess that's fine. Now that I yeah, think about it, it that way, I mean, let's be honest. Right now, you're starting outside linebacker opposite Leonard Floyd. That's true. Is that, <laughs> is that ideal? I, I don't. I don't know, but. Look, he's a pretty good run defender. He had three sacks last year. I know that's not a sexy number, but that's like his best total in that's in like his second year with the Cardinals. So I think you take that. Um, I thought he played well in special teams. He's a great locker room guy. His teammates love him. That's why he's, he's – I don't want to say he's hanging on because I think he produces on the field, but I definitely think some of his intangibles off it definitely help his case to stay with Ryan Pace and that culture change they're, they're putting together. And it's clear that Vic Fiangio likes him. He would not have signed off on this, you know, especially two-year deal if he didn't. He's just starting outside linebacker opposite Leonard Floyd right now. Um, you still need help with that position. Maybe you need a better pass rusher to spell Sam Acho on third downs. You know, I second them, I think you definitely need that. But, you know, Good. It's 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 a fair good signing, and, and Ryan Pace just rewarded a guy who I think has rewarded him in a sense, you know, by kind of outplaying the the cheap contracts he was getting. Are you surprised that that Pat O'Donnell may be on his way out? Mega punt. Yeah, mega punt. Mega who? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mega who? Yeah, exactly. Okay, how far is his star kind of falling? Uh, I thought he was good last year. Yeah, well, I'm I'm not an expert in putting balls, Adam, but you know, I I, I thought he did okay too, uh, to be honest with you. Um, it, I think it depends on what uh, what Chris Taver wants. You're your new special teams coordinator. I think Ryan Pace relied a lot on Jeff Rogers to help make decisions in terms of his specialists. I think that's why Robbie Gold was cut. I think Jeff Rogers and John Fox were influential in this decision. So I think he's going to see what Chris Taver wants. Maybe there's somebody out there he has more connections with or he feels better about. All right, but has a lot of talent, you know, but we'll see. I'm sure someone will sign him. All right. Thanks for jumping on, buddy. We'll see you soon, my friend. See you. I don't know. We have a press conference tomorrow, maybe? Maybe we will. Yeah, I, hope, I hope so, right? Should do. Larry Mayer needs to have something to do. <laughs> <laughs> There's your Larry Mayer reference. We love it. All right. Talk to you later, Adam. Yeah, Adam. Adam Johns from the Chicago Sun-Times and my co-host on the Hogan Johns podcast. There was a new episode yesterday. We'll probably have another episode for you um, by Monday. So I'm going on vacation Tuesday, so we'll sneak another one in. All right. You hear the music, time for Buried Headlines. And this one actually drives me crazy. Although, actually, you know what? I'm going to give it a little bit. I'm going to give it a chance. This is from Minor League Baseball announcing today pace of play regulations. You know how much I care about these pace of play uh, conversations at the Major League level. But you may remember in the World Baseball Classic last year, They experimented with this. And at all levels of minor league baseball, 
Extra innings will begin with a runner on second base. The runner at second base will be the player in the batting order position previous to the leadoff batter of the inning. So, whoever made the last out, basically. Uh, or you can substitute. And then that other player is gone. Um, but basically, they're going to put a guy... Uh, yeah, let's just simplify this. There's a guy at second base to start extra innings now. Here's why I don't like it. And I've said this over and over and over again. Baseball's issue is not how long the games are going. It's the dead time in between, in the middle of the game. It's the flow of the game. If it's entertaining, no one cares how long it goes. Football games go three hours. College football games sometimes go four. But those fans keep coming back. TV ratings are amazing because it's entertaining the whole time. And I love baseball. I find baseball entertaining. But I can agree that there's a lot of dead time within the game that makes it more boring than other sports in some regards. you got to have a really good appreciation for the game to stick with it. Especially in this day and age of attention spans being so short. The way I look at extra innings is extra innings are already exciting. It's If you're the home team, sudden death. But every bat becomes more important. I don't think you necessarily need to speed up extra innings. This also doesn't guarantee that just because you put a guy in second, so that guy scores. Well, it's not sudden death. The other team gets to come up with a guy at second, too. And we saw this in the World Baseball Classic. It was somewhat entertaining, the strategy, because you immediately had the guy bunted over to third, usually. That's what they were, I don't, if you guys remember this. And then you had two cracks to get a guy home from third. And sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. It was sort of this gimmicky thing that for a World Baseball Classic, I was like, all right. So let's try it. Baseball, minor League Baseball is gimmicky too. Let's, let's see how this works. I'm interested. I'll give it a chance. But this seems like a big change to the game. Not a tweak to get things moving a little bit quicker. Let's concentrate on keeping the game, the ball in play. And I don't know why they're so resistant to this, the strike zone. And making it a little bit bigger. Forcing guys to swing the bat more. Joe Thomas retired. Joe Thomas was at Wisconsin when I was at Wisconsin. If you talk to the coaches there at the time, this was one of the most dominant college players ever. Really was. I don't know if I have this 100% accurately, but I I don't think he had a penalty in four years. And he may... Maybe it's he gave up one penalty or one sack over the course of four years. Something like that. He was almost a perfect offensive tackle in college. And he had an amazing 10-year run with the Browns. Uh, in my opinion, the most remarkable streak in sports, not missing a snap. 10,000 snaps until he got hurt this year. And um, to me, that's more impressive than Cal Ripken's streak. It's football. Not just playing every game. Not missing a single snap. So, um, shout out to... Joe Thomas on an incredible career. Hall of Famer, no doubt. We're out of time today. 
So I had some other things. We'll save it for tomorrow. Um, tomorrow's show, kind of up in the air right now. Don't know if the Bears will have a press conference. Don't know what time the press conference will be. If they have a press conference between the hours of 1 and 2, we will carry it live. We'll do it best to carry it live. I kind of hope that's what happens, but I don't know when it'll be. I don't know if it'll be before the show or after the show, but it is free agency week. It is a Bears, a huge Bears week, so we will most likely be keeping the Bears conversation going, and I don't know if it'll be the Bears or another team, but something crazy always happens at 3 o'clock, and if you're listening to this, pre- this podcast right now instead of live, maybe it already did as you're listening to this, but... It's the NFL, it's a big week, and it's always entertaining. So we'll keep that going for you here on Sports Central. Uh, we screw up anything today? Not really. I just have something to add for you, Adam. Uh, when uh, we the Bears introduction, uh, Marcus Wheaton, uh, Deion Sims, Quinton Demps, and Mike Glennon were introduced at the same time. Okay. Duh, I forgot about Mike Glennon. <laughs> so. Hey, maybe we're trying to forget about Mike Glennon. Maybe that's... Subconsciously just pushing him out. That's Ben Anderson, our producer. Thanks to Joe Romano, too. Uh, we will, well, I got a busy day ahead, still tracking all this bear stuff, and we will bring it all back to you tomorrow on Sports Central. Talk to you then. Uh-huh.